0: about leading with a growth perspective. Tommy Breedlove, welcome back to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Man, what an honor to
1: be here. I hope this one's as good as the last one. And I know it will be. It will be since we're going to talk a little bit about growth and abundance today. <laughs>
0: that is right. Yes, we we last talked about a month ago, and we talked about uh, your your approach your legendary approach to, to leadership and to life. And it was a fascinating conversation. I had a lot of fun. You shared lots of great insights today. We're going to extend that conversation and we're going to focus on leading with a growth perspective. And like you said, growth, abundance, all of these are really important things while it's nice to say them. And, and I think we hear the rhetoric out there in organizations, but it's, it's a lot harder to do uh, it, and to really have it seep into your practice and how you interact with the people around you and your team. Uh, So we're going to try to unpack that, try to understand how we can better go about doing that in our day to day. As we get started, I wanted to share Tommy's bio again with everybody. Tommy Breedlove is the Wall Street Journal and USA Today bestselling author of the book Legendary and the founder of the Legendary Life Movement, a movement that empowers driven people to be pros in leadership business mindset and their relationships. Tommy challenges high achievers to stop chasing the ghost of more and when and lean into the legendary leaders, spouses, and humans they were born to be. As a premier leadership business relationship and mindset coach who is a regularly featured keynote speaker at global events, Tommy started his 20-year corporate career at one of the largest financial consulting firms in the world and eventually became a shareholder the international practice leader, and a member of the board of directors for one of the largest public accounting and financial firms in the Southeast US. And really, Tommy, I could go on and on, but I'm (laughs) going to pause there. I'll let you share anything else about yourself that you, you think would be helpful for listeners before we launch on in.
1: Yeah, I'll just say I have two hounds. One of them's a rescue named Hodges Piper. The reason he's named Hodges Piper is I found him on Hodges Farm Road living in a pipe. And then I also have a bougie dog that flew in from Ohio. She's a mini labradoodle named Annie. So that, all that bio, and then there's just goodness and a, and a wife named Heather. That that's our we're small but mighty tribe, man.
0: I, I love it. I love it. Yeah, we ha- we have two dogs as well, and uh, I, I like to say our, our Cavachon. It's kind of a pretentious breed, you know, kind of the the name. But she she's a cutie and just this this cute little fluff, fluff ball. And then we have a bigger dog as well, a Brittany. So we, we have a lot of fun with our dogs and our kids love them and, and, uh, they bring joy to our life. So that's wonderful. Uh, if
1: one day I'll be the person my dogs think I am and then I'll be winning.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it true? You know, the, the, the unconditional love and affection that dogs give, if, if we could give that to others around us, um, what a world this would be. Right. Oh, uh, and you know, yes, if we could all be like our dogs or the people our dogs think I <laughs> am. We would be in much better shape, especially right now. I think. <laughs> yes, I think so too. And, and perhaps that's a good segue, kind of an odd, but a good segue into this idea of leading with a growth and abundance perspective and mindset. Um, not that dogs necessarily have a growth or, or abundance mindset, but they certainly have a contentment, love. <laughs> a love and contentment mindset, right? Um And, you know, we, we all go throughout our days. We, we are caught up in the hustle and bustle and life is just busy. We were talking in the pre-interview just about, you know, what's been going on in the past month since we last talked. And you were talking about all the travel coming up and, you know, life is just busy, even when it's filled with good things. Um, the good things still pile on and it still can become overwhelming. And so very quickly we can find ourselves kind of stuck in a grind, even a grind of really good stuff. Right. Mm, And and once we find ourselves in that grind, it can be very easy to start to lose perspective as to all the goodness in the world around us, all the goodness in our life. Um, and I think that's at the foundation, that kind of recognition and, and gratitude is at the foundation of, of continuing with a growth and abundance mindset. Um, so maybe we can start there. What, what do you do in your life to try to stay grounded and connected to all the good that is around you, even when you're just so busy and, you know, inevitably there's going to be hard things you have to deal with as well. Uh, In addition to the good things, how do you go about grounding yourself? So it takes a lot of
1: work and that's probably not what everybody wants to hear because there is no magic pill. I mean, I guess I could drink or watch Netflix all day. I guess I could numb all that out. Um, but that is a short-term solution for a long-term problem. The first thing I want to say when it comes to fear and scarcity versus growth and abundance um, is that it's normal. We all struggle with fears and worries and not good enoughs and insecurities. And you know, if we get a 99 compliments and one person calls us not a nice person, we're only going to remember the one comment, not the 99. So And I I will tell you the reason I think why is because we're constantly inundated in our eyes or ears with division or what I call poisonous messages. And so in our world, you're either Instagram fabulous or LinkedIn successful, and none of that stuff is real. Um, Left and right, 24-hour news networks are telling you that the world is ending, that if bill across the street voted for somebody different than you do now you got a hate bill and that doesn't reconcile with our soul and then we turn on netflix hulu apple and then we watch a war movie or a movie on debauchery and you know sex and division and war and violent cells and so if we've got that going in our eyes and ears and then you talk about the shame throughout our childhoods that's unconscious you're talking about Parents who are doing the best they can. Teachers are doing the best we can. Religious leaders who are doing the best they can. And I will not say politicians do the best they can because they just want to get reelected. So think about all that that's entering your eyes and ears. And so how are we not scared or worried or constantly comparing ourselves to somewhere else or living in the future and not in the past? So, To me, it takes a lot of work to unwire that and to rewire and do the work every day To be in a loving abundance, I have enough, but I'm going to work for it harder for even more so that I can make more impact. And it really does, you know, this is an overused term, but it starts with your why, why do you get up every day? Why? And if you don't know that you lack purpose and we need to go find purpose in your life where you serve and your children are not your purpose. They are your responsibility. And so I will stop here in a second, but we have to negate the poison The constant inundation of negative messages, we have to get as many of the negative Nellies out of our life. So if you're hanging out with people that are judging, judgmental, you're going to be judgmental, you hang out with five people that gossip, you're going to gossip, you hang out with five people who worry and are angry all the time, you're going to be worried and angry. So we got to watch our inputs garbage in garbage out. And that's the easy fix is removing those. The harder fix is the rewiring, the rewiring our belief systems, our self-esteem, our self-confidence to know that we all struggle with these fears, insecurities, not good enough, and jealousies and envies. We all have it. Doesn't matter if you have one dollar, or a billion dollars, someone's always got more. And so I think you said it best. If we look down on people who have less, that's pride. And we got to remember, we, lit, we were once where they were. And if we look up to people, that's envy, which is even worse, which means we're not here right now. We're not grateful for what we have. And so for me, the rewiring has who I hang out with, what I input into my eyes and ears. Now, don't get me wrong. I enjoy me some good Netflix. I enjoy me some good Hulu. Hey, I'm just like everybody else. I look at social, but most of my social feeds is business or life or leadership or love or relationship or mindset or, or moving the ball forward in some way to be better. And so I, I, it's who I input in my life. It's it's the people I associate with, the team that I have on my team, the, the content that I constantly consume, the gratitude. I do formal and informal gratitudes every day. I meditate, so I'm proactive and not reactive. For me, a prayer is a big part of my day. It's not for everybody, but for me it is. So I think meditation is about going inside. Prayer is about talking outside to whatever you believe is bigger than you. And so to me, it's the inputs. The wisdom, the humans and the work every day to build emotional strength, mental strength, if it's important to you. I didn't say religious, spiritual strength, but also our bodies, our physical strength. And so me, it's the daily nutrition, for lack of better words, and working out in the emotional, mental, spiritual gym. And it's also limiting all the negative messages so that over time you live in a space of gratitude, what you do have, what you don't have. You live in a space of power, self-confidence, self-esteem, and you live your truth and not worry so much about what everybody else thinks or says. And that was a lot. So I'll leave it at that, Jonathan.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, that that was a lot, but that was was excellent. And I think that really does create the foundation uh, for the life well-lived. And it it is work. It's it's a lot of effort to get there, especially if we're stuck in the grind, if we're stuck in just kind of the perpetual motion of life. And as you were saying right there at the end, so many of us get caught up in the expectations of the world. And so we're trying, we're not even living for ourselves. We're living for, you know, whatever other external entity to us, you know, the expectations they're imposing on us or that we feel like they're imposing on us. And so we're not even living for ourselves and we're, we're caught up in, in the grind. And, you know, when that happens, we got to get unstuck or, you know, kind of get out of that inertia, out of that momentum. Um, and we do that through mindfulness practices, through being present in the moment. And, and there's a variety of ways to go about doing that. You listed a bunch um, that we can start to do to, to really get ourselves unstuck Uh, And then, and then we just need to practice it. We just need to get into the mode every day of trying to do those things so that we can be present. We can be mindful. We can um, be grounded in the goodness that is all around us. Now that doesn't mean that we stick our heads in the sand and we ignore all the bad. And we, we just pretend like life is, you know, roses and, and rainbows and unicorns. Of course there are bad things and, bad people and and horrible things happen, and we need to step in and step up and challenge negative systems of oppression and inequality. Uh, All those things still have to happen. Uh, All the more reason why we have to fill our reservoir with the goodness so that we have the capacity to deal with the challenges that are around us in a sustainable way. Because if we're just sucked in to the constant negative information flow, uh, or like you said, constantly around negative people, we're not going to have the the emotional and mental resilience to be able to continue to push and, and fight the fight that needs to be fought. Right. Uh, and right now, of course, I mean, we're not going to get political, but you know, with, with the current situation in the Ukraine, for example, you know, this is can't be ignored. Like this is a hard thing. I was just talking to someone. And we yesterday. have seen this movie. Yes. Yes. I was just talking to someone yesterday, uh, a third of their, they have a distributed workforce and a third of their team is in the Ukraine. And so when you're a CEO of a company and you have a third of your employees that are in a situation like that, you can't just ignore it and say everything, you know, I love you. You're, you're great. I appreciate you. Everything's wonderful. Of course not. Of course we have to step in, step up, figure out how are we going to get them safe? Uh, How are we going to make sure that we support them in any way they need? And that's what he was doing. And it was, it was a really fun conversation to hear about. Um, you know how he's stepping up. Um, so I, I say that, you know, again, we're not saying stick your head in the sand, we're not saying ignore the challenges or the problems, we're not talking about being Pollyanna-ish and just acting like everything's good all the time. But we if, if we don't fill our well with the goodness around us, um, we're gonna sink into to cynicism, desperation, and despair, and then nothing good can come of that. Um, and and as we transition now into the second half of the conversation, leading with a growth perspective and an abundance perspective, again, it's not it's not suggesting that everything is roses. Um, it's not ignoring the challenges, but it's recognizing that when a, we are faced with a challenge, rather than taking kind of a fixed pie perspective, we're going to take an, an abundance perspective that is, we we get to that through a growth mindset that we can learn and grow and, and, and figure out new creative and innovative ways, to get at a problem that may be facing us that we currently don't know how we can uh, resolve. And when we have that kind of a perspective that gives us the ammunition, that gives us the, the power to be able to step into those challenging situations and to be able to, to make something of it. we look forward to having you join us
1: that's the word you just said the magical word power and your power your own power not outsourcing your mind and heart and power to some other thing or external event we are and i and i'm i'm not Being a negative Nelly here, if you don't think we're emotionally, mentally and spiritually weak, turn on the news or your social media feed. So what we got to do is regain our power, regain our strength, regain our self-confidence, our self-respect, lead ourselves, look in the mirror and know that's the problem and solution. No politician's going to fix it. No religious leader is going to fix it. There is no magic pill and no one's coming to save you. And it's not if life happens, it's when. Your child will get sick. You will die. Wars will happen. Economic crisis does happen. There is a lot of bad, sick, you know, hurt people hurt people. Well, there's a lot of hurt people in this world. And do we want to be one of them? Or do we want to be on the side of goodness? And when life happens, if we're standing on emotional strength, if we're standing on spiritual, physical, and mental strength as best we can, and we work on those muscles every day, we end up running to the fire when the fire comes, and we hold the line for people with self-confidence, with self-respect. We lead with love. We lead with boundaries. And sometimes love is discipline. Sometimes love is forceful. Sometimes love is boundaries. <clears throat> but we know when to say enough is enough. We know when to speak up, and we stand on the side of goodness, righteousness, self-love, self-respect, confidence, and leadership. To fight that darkness that comes, whether it's a sick child, we get sick. Something happens to us economically. You know, something out of our control. Like there's not much in our control: our money, our kids, our families, our husbands and wives, our shiny things, our respect, um, our status, our jobs. All of that can be taken away from us like that in the blink of an eye. And if you're standing there on it with an empty, if you're standing there weak, you're going to crumble into depression, anxiety fear, worry, and maybe even worse. But if you've worked on this, if you've mitigated the negative that's coming into your life a lot and concentrated on owning your own power, owning your own confidence and standing there with courage and confidence, not in an arrogant way, which is loud and insecure, in a calm, peaceful way and say, I've got this no matter what comes my way. I will be a pillar for my community, my family, whatever it might be. That's when you know you've done the work. And it's just like going to the gym. Once you do one rep, you get stronger. Heart reps, mind reps, physical reps, and soul reps, you get stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. And the elimination of all the negative messaging and fear-based messaging and division messaging and and all of that stuff that we are constantly inundated with, that helps you also stand in power. And by the way, cutting all that off doesn't mean you will be ill-informed. I'm telling you, How many people have mentioned the words Russia and Ukraine? You would have never had to turn on a TV, a newspaper, or social media. A hundred people would have mentioned it to you. And then even worse, they would have given their opinion about it. So you get their opinion as well, which is not worth anything. But so you're never uninformed. You're just mitigating all the stuff that comes in so that you can control what you can control, which is your choices, mindset, and attitude. And that's it. And I'll I'll leave it at that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Very well said. And so now a lot of what we've been discussing up to this point is really this self-work that needs to be done um how do we go about doing this not only for ourselves which is hard enough right but also doing it for our teams we're leading people we have a team of people around us and we want to lead with a growth mindset with a uh, an abundance mindset and perspective how do we go about doing that again when often in organizations we're also busy, we're running around like chickens with our heads cut off, just trying to get stuff done. How do we disrupt that so that we can lead with a growth and abundance perspective? Again, it starts
1: with leading ourselves first. So we've talked about that at length. So we must walk the walk. We, people want two things, well, they want a bunch of things in a leader. And I'm gonna give them to you real quickly and I'll go through them real quick quickly. They want confidence. So true confidence, not arrogance, confidence confidence in direction, confidence in your craft, and confidence in your leadership. And we just talked about all that self work that builds that confidence. There's two types of confidence, the confidence in working your craft, doing the reps over every day to be good at what you do, and the reps on self esteem, self respect and self leadership. So that's confidence is number one. Number two is they want consistency. Doing that self-work will make you consistent. It's also walking the walk, doing what you say you're going to do and showing up when you say you're going to show up. It's really that easy and showing up for yourself so that you can show up for them. If you start canceling appointments and not walking the walk and being inconsistent, they're not going to trust you. They're not going to respect you and they're going to leave because they don't feel safe. They want to say, feel safe, seen and heard. They want someone who's optimistic. We talked about that at nauseum. If you, if you stay on this side and do the reps and input and goodness and wisdom and learnings and growth, you're going to be more optimistic. If you feed yourself with poison, you're going to be negative. So they want optimism. And finally, they want authenticity. They want someone who will ask for help. They want someone who says, I don't know, but we will figure it out together. And they want someone who shares wisdom and not opinions. And so opinions look like you and should wisdom looks like i've been there i've messed this up this is what i did to fix it this is what it looks like now and here's the wisdom i would shed onto you two things that does is it a lets them know that they're not alone in their struggle their error or the challenge that they have because you've been there and you've shared wisdom and b you've given them the gift of going second so that they can share openly with you that's what authenticity does so all of those things, whether it's consistency, confidence, optimism, authenticity, and showing up and doing what you're saying you're going to do, that's how you lead. You lead from the front. You don't lead from the rear. And you lead by walking the walk and doing the things that you're asking of them. And it's really that simple. But how come so many people get it wrong? And, and here's the thing about that, where you said it best. We're all very, very, I have a very full schedule. But I, the two most important things to me, number one is our people. And number two is the people we serve. That's the two things that are most important. If your people are not happy and they're not led, your clients, your customers are not happy. I promise you. So you must, they're the biggest asset you got. I don't even care if you're a technology company. Your people are the best asset. And we are craving connection more than ever. So are we giving them the connection that they want? Are we there for them? Are we communicating? Are they connected to each other? And so our people is our number one asset. So we have to prioritize the time with them. And here's the last thing I'll say and then I'll get off my soapbox. Is man, in business, and we're all guilty of it, guilty as charged on this. I have to remind my, what I love about this brother, Jonathan, is I get to talk in the mirror all day. Like Tommy, remember this, remember this because you got to apply. This is one thing I need to apply. I am really 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 honed in on my craft and care about what I'm doing so I'm always sharpening the pencil and looking for improvements in myself and everyone around me we have super high expectations for this team but it can come across as seeing the negative, right it's because we're constantly making tweaks or updating or fixing I have to remind them that 99 out of 100 things they do are world-class and badass and they're on the side of good same thing with us we're so hard on ourselves We've got to look at the novel in totality. we got to look at the novel because most of the novel is really good. There might be two sentences that aren't so good, but see the good and not the bad. Recognize the good. Thank the good and be grateful for the good, but constantly sharpen that pencil as well. So see the good in yourself and see the good in your people is is great leadership as well. I'm reminding myself, by the way. (laughs) Yeah, and it's a
0: good reminder for me too. And and so you talk about modeling, right? So if we're going to lead with a growth of perspective and abundance perspective and mindset, we need to start by living it ourselves, modeling it consistently, uh, authentically for our people. Uh, and then we need to, at times, step in and interrupt the negative thought patterns that we might see among our team, right? So if we're in a meeting and and there's a comment that isn't consistent with this growth or abundance kind of perspective, um, then we can... You know, push back or provide an alternative perspective. We can try to reinforce the positive while acknowledging the challenges. Um, You know, so as we start to do that consistently, we create a dynamic culture uh, with our people where they can see this in action. So it's not just rhetoric, it's not just empty words. They actually know that we mean it. Like this is something we are going to prioritize. We're going to try to live it the best we can, and we expect them to live it the best they can as well. And we're going to support them in doing it. Uh, The other thing that I, you know, as you were sharing that I'm thinking just this morning of a frustrating, um, set of encounters that I had, I was just trying to take care of some kind of bureaucratic paperwork stuff. Um, and, and that can be frustrating, right. And I'm waiting and I'm getting sent from place to place to place and everyone's telling me different things. And, you know, that's, it's aggravating, it's frustrating. And I have to admit, I was doing a a fair amount of grumbling under my breath about, um, the frustration of it all you know, but as I pause and stop, I'm thinking, okay, I had a negative customer experience. Yes, I did. What's, what's the reason for that? Um, You know, it could be the people that I was interacting with. It could be all on them. Chances are though, it's, it's, it's kind of shared responsibility. It's, you know, maybe they didn't do exactly what they should have or, or weren't as effective as they could have been, but how about the people that they're working for? What, what's, what's, how have their um, leaders been supporting them? What systems are in place to help them to be successful? Are they being paid fairly, equitably? Um, and in this particular organization that I was at this morning, I, I know for a fact they aren't. And so on the one hand, I have to have some compassion and patience for that. I'm like, I mean, what do you expect when someone is not paid fairly, they're not treated well, they don't have good leadership, and um, of course, you're going to not always have the greatest experience with them. So try trying to have patience and compassion, and just a recognition of like the whole system of the problem that existed, you know, and was why I was frustrated this morning. And then sometimes you just got to like, it's not about me, you know, like, okay, I had to spend an hour of my life, um, you know, doing something that was frustrating, you know, cry me a river, get past yourself and and move (laughs) on. Right. So part of that is just, you know, a me issue. Um, and, and, but ultimately as we, as we recognize these things, you know, then we, we can move past the negative, we can move into the positive and that's going to lead to a much more fulfilling and satisfying life. It's going to lead to a much more fulfilling and satisfying place of work, better relationships, stronger teams. Ultimately that's what we all want.
1: Yeah, that's the birth price of empathy and compassion for sure. And everything you just described there is empathy, compassion. There's a flip side of that, though, is we can be empathetic and compassionate without lowering our standards and minimizing and we can set the standard that we want so that others can follow us. And I, I've got to be ge- very careful of the line I walk here. So I'm just going to let's see if I can do this with some grace. All of our media, I don't care if you prescribe to the left rights or try to be as center as you can, which is most of us. Um, Whether they tell us that or not, it's really where we're all pretty balanced humans who want a lot of great things socially, but also want us to be safe and financially free and all that good stuff. So we'll just leave it at that. But both sides are either telling you you're entitled or a victim. And those are dangerous, dangerous, dangerous things. Both sides, both sides. And so we'll start believing that. And so I don't think the world needs more compassion and empathy because I think 99 out of 100 humans are very compassionate, and empathetic. I think they're good people and they want people to be safe, free, loved, seen, heard. And we want equal rights for everybody. Most of us, not all of us, but most um, definitely this guy talking right now. Um, but what we need most is right now is personal accountability. So if you're in one of those jobs that you hate and has bad leadership, go find the nearest mirror and know that's the problem and the solution. And you are one choice away, one simple choice away from either finding a new opportunity or learning a new skill or reading a book or listening to a podcast like this or doing, watching a YouTube to make you better, whatever that is, you're one choice away, but it's up to you. You got to go make that personal accountable choice to change something very small and the compounding interest pays over time because you're not a victim and you don't deserve, which is a juicy word. Go out and get it. Go out and make a choice. Go out and make a change. Do one small thing today, a little bit different than you did yesterday. And over time, it will pay compounding interest. So there's the flip side of that. We don't need to our, We do need to be empathetic, compassionate. I think we mostly are until we get caught up in our heads. (laughs) But I also think we got to keep the standards high. Yeah. And know that personal accountability is what this world needs right now, because everybody people stay in power when they think they when they make you believe that you're a victim. (laughs) And so that's how they stay in power, by the way.
0: Yeah. Mutual accountability and trust is what it's all about. Uh, Well, Tommy, it has been a pleasure. I know at the time I'm going to have to let you go Another fascinating conversation. Thank you so much for your insights, your wisdom. Before we wrap up, I just wanted to give you a chance to share with listeners how they can connect with you, find out more about your work, and then give us a final word on the topic for today.
1: Yeah, Jonathan, thank you for that. Uh, Please reach out to us, legendarylifemovement.com. We've got retreats coming up, experiences coming up. Masterminds and communities. Um, so, we're super excited about that coming up. If what we've talked about about leadership and mindset and relationships and being a pro and badass and world class and all you, please reach out to us at legendarylifemovement.com where you can find us all over social. We're constantly putting goodness and abundance and growth out there, none of the negative stuff. Um, but we'll leave it with this or check out the book. If you're not a reader, I will read it to you on Audible. So, there really is no excuse. And it will help you implement small, actionable things in your life so that hopefully when our time ends that you will say, I've built and lived a legendary life. I will close with this comment: You must participate in your own rescue. If you're not where you want to be in life or business or success or happiness or love, go find the nearest mirror, participate in your own rescue and make one little small choice today to add something new in and to take something out. And you will be better than you were yesterday. And I'll leave it at that.
0: I love it. Thank you, Tommy. It's been a pleasure. I encourage listeners to reach out, get connected, find out more about what Tommy and his team can do for you. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Academy, our many course offerings and certificates to upskill and reskill for the future of work. Bluer than indigo leadership, the journey of becoming a truly remarkable leader. Early in my adult life, I learned about an Asian proverb that translates as bluer than indigo. If you think about the color indigo, it is a brilliant, deep and vibrant blue. What some would call the bluest of blues. To have something that is bluer than indigo is rare and truly remarkable. Contrary to popular myth, there is no one-size-fits-all or cookie-cutter approach to effective leadership. There is no silver bullet, no secret sauce, no go-to model that will solve all of your problems. The truth is, great leaders have all had their unique strengths and flaws, and have all had to discover and then pave their own distinctive path in their life's journey to fulfill their leadership potential. Bluer Than Indigo Leadership will help you discover your own path and explore those ordinary everyday actions that will help you respond to an uncertain future and produce extraordinary results for individuals, teams, and organizations. Check out Human Capital Innovations Magazine, Human Capital Leadership. Human Capital Leadership is a free, interactive e-magazine with the mission to help individuals, leaders, and organizations find innovative approaches to maximize their human capital potential. We publish issues quarterly in August, November, February, and May. Take a look at the latest issue and let us know what you think.